0: My first night, I thought, like, this definitely has to be the biggest mistake of my life. Uh, (laughs) Clearly, because (laughs) I landed in winter, and I remember, like, landing, and I was looking at the roofs, and everything was just white, and it had no beauty to it, bro. Like, no beauty to it. So, I'm like, this definitely has to be, like, like, what is this place? Is it, like, some village or something? You know, but... On landing, it takes a whole different
1: shape. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and start a new life in a foreign country? From my experience, it can be a struggle. On the Newcomers podcast, I'll be sharing my story, as well as the stories of other immigrants. We'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting afresh. My name is Dozier, and I'm looking forward to being your host. So today we're talking to Dabwa Jainia, who's been in Canada for the past three, four years.
0: Is it three or four now? Three years
1: now. Oh, wow. The time flies. And um, so today we'll be talking about everything about settling in and all he has learned so far. Thank you for joining us, Dabwa. Well, I guess we can just start off with, you know, just introduce yourself like a bit, like a short one, not too long, I guess.
0: Um doctor like said. Um three years in Canada. I came in just before COVID hit and changed the whole world and um retired Nigerian almost almost retired Nigerian. <laughs> um yeah, that's me. That's me really. Yeah.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm gonna come back to the retired Nigerian bit you know what? in a bit. Um <laughs> but I think I'll just kind of, I'll start off with just asking the, I call this the first question, like, you know, and you, because you actually came in at a very interesting time just before COVID started. So it'd be good to just talk about like, like what was the first night like when you moved from Nigeria, when you landed here?
0: But my first night I thought like this, this definitely has to be the biggest mistake of my life. Uh, (laughs) Clearly because (laughs) I landed in winter and I had I'd been in Dubai for a bit before actually coming here. I was visiting in Dubai for quite a bit before we actually flew in as a family. And I remember, like, landing, and I was looking at the roofs, and everything was just white. And it had no beauty to it, bro. Like, no beauty to it. So I'm like, this definitely has to be, like, a, like what is this place? Is it, like, some village or something? You know, but on landing, it takes a whole different shape. Like just beneath all of that snow cave is a different thing entirely, you know? So um, that first night was, it was a lot. I remember I visited with my sisters and we just sat over drinks at, they welcomed me and the family. And it was a lot that I was trying to take in. I couldn't drink the water. (laughs) I don't the water. The Lagos not drink the water. <laughs> the boy, I, drink the water. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It just, it, you know, like sometimes you just get to used to like Lagos and Nigeria in such a way that you, you don't know. It's the little things that hit you. Like I, I've been in several places, but this was the first time that I got to a place, and I'm like, yo, the water tastes different. Well, water tastes different everywhere. <laughs> And you adapt, but this one, like on the first day I'm like, ah, bring the juice or bring, uh, bring something else. Nothing, but um, so far it's been good to be honest. It's been good, yeah. But that was my cool. first night, um, yeah. That was my first night.
1: Yeah. And did you just curious? Did you still feel that same way like after the first week? Like in you know, after one week, you just moving around. Just to have that feeling of what the heck, this is the biggest mistake I've made in my life, something.
0: So for me, there was a long hangover. I think for my family, they had zero hangover. So before I left Nigeria, I was kind of like building a brand. I was trying to settle my business away. We were doing a few things and, you know, it looked like we were going somewhere with it. So a lot of my hangover stemmed from that. I I kept feeling like, (laughs) i've left things half done right so i i didn't really like a lot of people already have their minds made up before they make the journey for me it was more like we're gonna test the waters but in that hangover again like i said i came in just before COVID, and a few months later the the world was on lockdown uh the good thing with that though was it allowed me to cold turkey (laughs) If I can use that word. So I I literally called Turkey Niger out of my system. In that, that hangover, I had to, I was here and I was like, you know what, you're missing out on all the positives that is right here. You, you're not taking it all in. You're being focused on your past, you know, like, just look around. Like, in terms of, like, beauty, like, beauty and everything, like, everywhere was beautiful, like, you know, it, it was a nice, it's a nice, burgeoning city that I'm in. So, in that regard, it looked like it was happening. But because of how I left Nigeria, for me in particular, it was like, you need to go back. Oh, now you cannot go back. Like, everyone's on lockdown, right? So, can you take stock? So, in doing my day, I took stock. Like, this Nigeria you keep hammering about, like, you know, and I thought, you know, you did business analysis and stuff like that you just analyze this stuff and <laughs> tell yourself and i think it was that point that i was like you know what i'm not i mean i miss community i miss food and things like that hanging out but i'm not missing out in terms of my personal development in terms of growth which was very very important to at the time so oh, my cool. family like my, my kids you're mm-hmm. not they like I said, I was the only one hungover. They came in and the next day they're like, Well, we're here now and we <laughs> stay <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think like
1: just from thinking about the other people you know around you who have settled in, do you think that's the same thing that happens to them? You know, just having the kids just come in and just go with the flow and then the adults Especially those of us who spent quite a while in our home countries before coming out, spent, take some time just trying to adjust, you know, saying, did I make, did I make the right move?
0: Yeah. I, I think definitely like there are a lot of pressures on, on adults. Um, the more you, you start to build in Nigeria, the less nimble you are. I used to be a very nimble person. At least, you know, but the moment you get married, you start having kids, you're not as nimble, you know, like you you want to move, but um it's not so easy. So you you worry all the all the anxiety and tension comes mainly from from that, right? Uh so I think a lot of people arrive and I mean some already made up on their minds that we're going here. And uh, they're settled in that, but it still doesn't take away the initial tension of who are my first set of friends going to be like, where's my church going to be for those who do that? Like for those who play soccer, where are my guys that I going really to play soccer with my Friday night? There's no, where's the CES like, <laughs> for you know, like, there's so many questions and very little answers, you know? And when you arrive in, in Canada, for example, or in Calgary, Canada, where I'm at, uh, I don't think it's it's not London, UK, because London, UK, I feel like you can almost land in London, UK, and you don't miss a beat. Like it's almost like you just trans it's like you're moving from one <laughs> nightclub on the island to another one, just across. It's like you don't miss anything. But when you come to Calgary, Canada, when I arrived, and I can imagine for those that have arrived like ten years before me, so you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Where where, where are all the things I'm used to? (laughs) So, so, but the kids, the kids are so like, um, I'm looking for the right word, but I feel like the kids are so, it's like them living their dreams. I hate to say that, but it's like them living their dreams because the moment they arrive, it's like you just put them in like a leisure park. And who is a five-year-old, six-year-old, nine-year-old, or 10 that is going to get to be in a leisure park and be like, it's time to go home. They're they're having fun. They're okay. I think (laughs) many Nigerians, and I hate to use this word again, I think that in many cases, we also have, or many newcomers new places there's stockholms stockholm syndrome that (laughs) that we we hold on to you know like and it's not just about because of the negative stuff that we have in some of the places that we come from it's also because like it's just like what we've gotten used to so just um rediscovering taste in a new way and finding ourselves can be a bit challenging but I think that uh, once you open up your mind and tell yourself, I, I want to build a future, I knew then. It's easy. People have been mm-hmm. moving around for Yeah.
1: Humans <laughs> are.
0: Yeah. We've been moving around for centuries. Like, I went to a place in Banff this summer of my first year. It's like this mountainous region here that. Uh, it's always snow-capped even during summer and everything. It's very beautiful. you know? And they have like all these lakes that surround the place and they have hills around it and people live there. And they show me stuff of people who lived here 200 years ago. Like, I'm arriving there. I'm well-layered, <laughs> well-covered. I, I don't feel the cold and all of it. But I'm thinking like, yo, 150 years ago, some guy got up <laughs> from wherever I was i walked all the way here, passed through all these lakes and stuff and climbed these hills and settled here. Like, yo, I need that brand of whatever, Igbo <laughs> Asshari. You... The, <laughs> they were they taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do that. So it's not, when you think like that, then you realize that, man, this is not hard. This is not really hard. Those guys had it rough. This is not hard at all.
1: Yeah. 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 It's the thing. Things are pretty much easier now. I mean, we still have all the things we have to deal with now, but I feel like the world's a bit the world's a bit more interesting and more easier to navigate than it was 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just staying on the topic of um, the fear of starting over. Just let's talk about the kids. Like, how is it for the kids settling in? Especially the much older ones. Um, you know, because I feel like different curriculum different culture i mean kids would be kids and they world will just play and stuff so
0: definitely had it um we had two girls um the older one i would say had a bit of a challenge like coming in so um first thing is you you find out that everything you've done you need to reset basically um because they came in at six and four and i think school starts here at five so they had to go back like one or two grades um, just because that's how school is set up here. Yeah. Like back back in Nigeria, for example, kids go to school once they're ready for them to go. Like once yeah. they are one or two, they start going somewhere, they live home, yeah. right? But here, if they're not five independent and able to tie the lace on their shoes, remove the shoes, remove the jackets and stuff, <laughs> no, you stay at home. To stay at home so it's it's different from that perspective the kids are way more independent the kids here are way more independent in terms of how to live so that was something that my kids had to try and adjust to when they came in particularly the older one uh also making new friends and in terms of like culture right and that ugly word race um we come from a place that is rather monotone, but like everyone looks the same, and and then we we drop in you like a, it's not even dual tone, it's it's multi tone, you know. Like it, we drop yeah. these girls, they're six years old and four, and we drop you in this place, and yo, everybody looks different. They almost even sound different. In fact, they sound different because there are people from all over. Like you're talking yeah. to like a Russian who's just moved here uh someone from philippines india think of it anywhere switzerland everybody shows up right so and they they're dealing with all of this and they're trying to find themselves as well so that part is can be challenging for the kids when they show up so but the key i think is to quickly latch on as a parent like you you want to be on of these things you want to know that these things are happening even before like they bring it to you right so you can help them navigate that whole process. Every day is a it's a new it's a new <laughs> uncovering I would say. <laughs> also like the the style of instruction the teaching is a major difference. Like yeah. We instruct, like you know, back home, we, we instruct, and you either step up or you step up. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we let you discover, yeah. we allow you your discovery time. So, for someone whos who's been so used to being told what to do, to get into an environment where you're told, that you should know what you should do. The very two extremes. Like, you, you know, yeah. it takes, this takes a lot of self-discipline. Back home, the discipline you will get, you will be given, mm-hmm. you, whether you like mm-hmm. it or not, <laughs> this you will have to, you will have to figure out how to discipline yourself and know that, okay, this is time for work and I need to do what I need. To. Yeah. Even as adults, at one place. Yeah, it's it's
1: a major shift. It <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I think just and um, what still staying on the kids. And so, what, yeah. like, can you tell me, like, what's the biggest difference for you in terms of parenting now and parenting when you are in Nigeria? Oh, parenting in Nigeria, like the kids
0: are the kids are guarded, like. Again, like I said, from being a very monotone society, like we, we all kind of like move like in one, not necessarily to say everyone's in one dimension, but you know, you can pretty much map out like their experiences on a daily basis. Like I could, I could leave my kids with friends back and their kids back home and I could imagine what the experiences and conversations would be here it can be very different depending on who and what day that interaction is happening it can take so many dimensions um you know and there's a lot to uncover there's also a lot to um there's a lot of measured conversations to you know so, like, especially in this day and age, like back home, you could pretty much say anything to anyone, and it would be a joke. Like, you yeah. have to teach your kids early; like, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to abuse people in your interactions. Yeah. it's not acceptable behavior, you know. So th- that's something that comes up. I mean, it comes up with uh, in every society in one way or the other, but it's more pronounced because like is slightly different. So yeah. like, our reaction to conversations can be very different. Even our yeah. understanding of the language that we all use can be very different. You, you understand? Like, so everybody has like the various nuances and things like that, that they have. So mm-hmm. just navigating that can be a bit of a, uh, a challenge. So I think that, those are some of the conversations that we've had to I have a, um, I mean, I remember we started talking about, like, I didn't think I would have sex education with my kids for a <laughs> long time. Like, I didn't think I would, like, we would ever broach that subject. But we got here, and the conversation had to happen, like, pretty fast, you know? Yeah. just to be aware and we're having that conversation and i'm realizing that i didn't get this kind of conversation growing up yeah i didn't i didn't and even if i ever did it would have been a one-time conversation like you know what you should do boy and you should do what you do. <laughs> that's it but I can see that this is an ongoing conversation that needs to be had every time like we have to take refreshers just because there is a lot happening on the outside. Yeah. So um, this makes you more in tune. Like you are more in tune to whatever is happening with the kids. Well, I hope that you are more in tune to whatever is happening with the kids, Um, because a lot is a lot is happening, and they're sponges, right? So they, yeah. they're soaking all of they're soaking all of it. So. Yeah. You know, there not some form of guidance or some of some form of preparation for them then I don't know what the results that would be but I know that <laughs> my case, I know that I'm doing so much to prepare uh, to prepare them and to have conversations with them that ordinarily I don't think I would have to have like back back home I would imagine that just like the social structures that we have, like maybe they go to school or they go to church or even in their conversations with their friends they can figure out the values that are acceptable societal values for them to take on but here there's so much there's so much liberty also right so there's so much that is happening so you want to guide them to be able to make their own decisions But you also want to be, let them start from a position of the family and then maybe they can find something else or whatever it is. I don't know if I explained or if I, no, I, I think I like, yeah,
1: I think it was really a question. It's more of a perspective. I don't know if there's an, I don't know if there's a real answer to it. I think it's more of like every parent has their perspective. That's how I look at it. And then you just mold your kids around the perspective you have. And I was just going to ask, right. building on that question, that you think it's a fun thing because you mentioned something about independence, society. Like, I feel like yes. social structure here is very built around independence from a very early age. And right. it continues even to how, as the kid, as a child grows older and how the society sets you up as you grow older. And I just wonder if you think that, you know when you talk about having those conversations earlier here than if you're in Nigeria, where that all, all those things stem from how the social structure is set up, and you you, ex, you expect that you or you sort of know somehow that look I need to start having these conversations early or else because there's so much independence within the structure and encourages the child to be independent, then that conversation is taken away from you because the society yeah. kind of encourages the child to you know experience that by yourself or find. Find your, find your answer. And then you now, you, or also you have to get in there early or else it's out of your control.
0: Like so many things. Like, I mean, so I got married just as I was hitting my kids. That was when I got married. So this is personal experience now. Yeah. But I noticed that almost all my peers that I went to high school with that were, that left after high school to... Study abroad, or I noticed that a significant number or a significant percentage, for example, got married by their mid twenties, right? And I'm talking more of the the, the guys now. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I was back in Nigeria, and I don't know whether I'm right or if my numbers are right, but i it almost felt impossible for me to even have considered getting married at twenty-five. Yeah. So like, here, so, like, yeah. so, like, while
1: my kids are Yeah.
0: So, like, one my kids are like six, eight, they're about. Their kids are done with high school right now. They're going to uni, right? Because they started that journey early. Then it didn't make sense to me. Now it does. Hmm. Because. Then I wasn't living, I lived abroad, but I went back to Nigeria, but now because I'm living permanently, it kind of makes sense to me to see why they had to get married at that time. Because technically the kids are, (sighs) technically the kids are like from age 18, they are ready. They're ready to live their lives. Yeah. At 15. Independence already starts. already start. There's not any cash. At 15, yeah. 14, there are a significant number of kids that can uh, live on their own, right? At 15. Why? Because you then make a decision to, am I doing anything after high school or am I going for university? If you're not, well, what it means is that at 16, you're out of your parents' home. You're going either to university, or you're working actively to say I can earn enough money, I can stay on my own. But you mm-hmm. still have that latitude between 16 and 18 to fully make that decision on what you want to do. But what is clear is that at 18, you become a decision-making being. You're like the CEO of your life. You're giving directions. Like I have like all wow, the people in my peer group back home that kind of make decisions on their own they have to deflect to their parents here the kids are gonna i mean like that they come back to you for referencing but you cannot be the one making the decisions anymore and that starts early yeah you know like if a child cannot go to school until they know how to tie a shoelace by themselves and, you know, because they they go to school, they're layered up. They have like three, four sets of clothing on. They have to sit for for classes. They have to first literally almost undress and hang all of that, and then now sit for instruction. And then when they're done with that, they want to go out on break time. They have to dress up again. You know, like it, the teacher is not going to chaperone like twenty five kids.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: During a fifteen minute break time, to be like. Oh, go lay your up, go wear your shoes, or oh, change into your boots. They're not gonna do that. So the kids start learning all of this stuff at a very early age. You go to the you go to like the super to the store, right? The neighborhood store. And whereas everybody everywhere has like a cart that you push and you can do your shopping. They have parts for kids to shop. It's it's a very little thing, you know, but you kinda see like the kids have been trained to shop from age five. Like they push it their cart, the parents, parents, are pushing their <laughs> the, the, the five-year-old is pushing is and they're thinking like, okay, I want bananas, they drop it in there. I want chips, tr- <laughs> they drop it in. <laughs> And some kids, some parents who go as far as saying you have an allowance, this is what you can buy, this is the amount of sweets you can buy, uh, mm-hmm. you cannot, you have to buy some natural foods. And you know they, if you go close, you see a lot of this stuff, and you start thinking, man, no, when I went shopping with my mom, <laughs> I was just miserable, throwing stuff. <laughs> I was just supposed to be miserable, but not sure. You know, the only time I was excited was when I realized, okay, she's got me something, you know. But here, the kids are being taught to, like, do their shopping. Like, I go into the mall to do groceries. I go into the store to do groceries recently. I see some kids that maybe, like, 12, there like three of them. Maybe, like, between, like, 12 ranging to about 15. They were all by themselves, and they were shopping for their family. Or maybe for themselves, because they had like two parts that they were pushing. You know, like, I don't know of any 12 year old that is not disadvantaged that has to think about, I need to go and learn how to shop. And that's a major life skill, right? It It is a life surviving skill, I think. Again, life hits you fast. Yeah, again. it is. It is. And, It probably also means that if you do the numbers in an economic way, it probably means that the human is more productive for a longer period of time. Because if you start life at 18 and you finish at 65, as against someone that starts life at 25 and finishes at 60 or 65. You can see who's going to be more productive.
1: Yeah. Cool. So, or who has um,
0: to do more? So to that was, that's really productive. good. Um okay. want going to. Be, I'm going to yeah. into my thoughts. There. Sorry
1: about that. <laughs> totally agree with you, man. No, that, no, that's 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 really that's really fair. I mean, it's that's really good, and I totally agree because. Yeah, it's a small thing, but that it it it, it reminds me of thing was James Claire that has this quote about one percent every day. Kind of comes out to it's not it's not actually it compounds, and by the end of the year, the difference is not one percent. The difference yeah. is literally way way over one percent. And yeah. I feel like it's this small small things yeah. they all come together, and then when the kid is all grown up, it's a pretty different kid. And then it just kind of going back to how I started the conversation. I think it also shows in how you, you now have to decide that when you look at all those things, you have to decide early that, okay, I need to play my part early and get into these conversations early. Sex education, yeah. working hard, deal gratification, all those conversations, you need start it early. Because if you don't, the kid is out of your house, before, but the kid is really on their own by the time they're 15, 16. Yeah. And if you haven't done it by then, then you're playing it's a losing way. game at that point in time. You're now it's dealing with full society at that point in time.
0: Yeah. Remember how, like, like when we, we read about, like, all these business success stories that are like, oh, they, they kind of like, they left Harvard and then they went to go and do a startup and then it blew up. It's a multi-billion and it's inconceivable because they're 18 years old, 19 years old. They're deciding to leave one of the most prestigious institutions on the face of the earth. They to <laughs> pursue their own ideas. Like, it, no, this is an institution that a father like me paid for. Then the child decides <laughs> that I have found a passion or I have found an idea or a startup or something. And I feel like I need to go do that. I mean, it, we all celebrate the success of it, but we don't realize the kind of independent-mindedness that is required from a very early age for someone to be able to make that decision at that time, right? Because they're not going to just wake up and decide at 18 that this is the pattern. It's going to be the character that they built based off of their habits over a decade long. So that's what manifests at that time. And those are just some of like that's how fast life comes here. It's how fast life
1: comes here. Yeah. yeah. Comes really fast. It comes really fast, man. Yeah. Yeah. Comes really fast. Um so at this point I think um we've really had a really interesting conversation. Thank you so much, Dabs. This has been really good. Um honestly it's I mean I had a lot of questions, but I felt like, like I felt like we really had a really honest and filtered conversation about you know just settling and getting going here. Um so thank you everyone for dialing in and listening. Um this was good. Thank you, Dabs. Um thank you for doing this. You're the first guest on the newcomers. Oh, so like So it's not this. Yay. It's this. <laughs>
0: Thanks for having me. You know, like
1: you're the first guest. Yeah, let me do a drum roll. Like, honestly, you're the first guest.
0: All
1: right, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good (laughs) one. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, man.